What If the Len Bias Story, hosted by Jordan Ritter Khan, is the Ringer's latest narrative podcast. Episodes one and two launch on June 9th, and you can find new episodes every Wednesday on the Book of Basketball 2.0 feed. Here's a quick trailer. You've heard his name, Len Bias, 1980s phenom, second pick in the NBA draft. And then cocaine, tragedy, one of the most shocking deaths in sports history. 35 years later, Bias's legacy is still making an impact. From Spotify and the Ringer Podcast Network, this is What If, the Lynn Bias story. I'm Jordan Ritter Khan. It's New York, New York, presented by FanDuel. Take a shot at betting the NBA with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, you can check out the new and improved Parlay Hub, filter by odds, sport, and bet type to easily find the most popular parlays and same-game parlays all on one page. Plus, start betting on the Explore page and the Pulse and bet live same-game parlays for every NBA game. So download the app today and bet with FanDuel, official partner of the NBA. The Ringer is committed to responsible gaming. Please visit rg-help.com to learn more about the resources and helplines available and listen to the end of the episode for additional details. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 100 Gambler or visit rg-help.com. This episode is brought to you by Jiffy Lube. Cars can be a big investment, so it's important to take care of them. I once got a car that I started out with 25,000 miles on. I got it to over 200,000 miles because I took care of it. You know how you take care of a car? You take care of the maintenance, the oil, the brakes, all that stuff. And if you don't, you can have a car just completely fall apart. When your car needs maintenance, head to Jiffy Lube. They provide automotive excellence at speed. Get your oil changed, brakes checked, tons of other multi-care services. It's all done by expertly trained technicians who actually care about taking care of you and your car. Jiffy Lube, car more. To find coupons and start an instant online estimate, visit jiffylube.com. What's up, everybody? I'm going to give all y'all a second to join. This is like the awkward moment of starting the room and, you know, you're waiting for the reaction. And unfortunately, the reaction is not going to be overly positive tonight. It was not a particularly fun night. This has not in many ways been a particularly fun series. The bottom line is this. The Atlanta Hawks were flat out better. Period. End of discussion. This was not a fluke. This was not some wacky series. This was not some series where you say, oh, if this would have happened or if that would have happened. No, 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 no. I don't want to hear any of that. The Knicks have gotten thoroughly whooped in three consecutive games. And you think about this game tonight. What did you need in order for the Knicks to win? An off night from Trey Young. An off night from the Atlanta three-point shooting. You got that. Young stunk tonight. He was awful tonight. Atlanta couldn't hit a three in the entire first half of this game. 
Yet, when you looked at the scoreboard at halftime, and this is when, you know, I let my emotions get in the way, because I got to be honest with you, folks. What I should have done is I should have placed a sizable wager on Atlanta for the second half of this game. If we're being perfectly honest. I should have hammered Atlanta in the second half because they shot like crap. Young played like crap. And they were up by five points. How's that possible? The Knicks overachieved all year. They played their hearts out all year. In no way should tonight be about disparaging this team. I don't care how bad this performance was. They had a win total in the low 20s. Newsflash, they're not that talented. They don't have a legitimate go-to superstar player. Come on now. Randall may have acted the part throughout the regular season. It is a different breed. It is a different animal in the postseason. Young is a legitimate star in the NBA. Randall is not. Had an all-star year. You applaud him. I think the Knicks are crazy if they give him a five-year max contract. I mean, for starters. I think they're absolutely crazy if they do so. He was awful in this series. The fact that he was 8-21, you look at 23-13, and 13, you're like, oh, it's a decent game. I mean, that's, that's basically all you need to know about Julius Randle in this series. He stunk. And if you think he is the number one or the number two on a championship caliber team, he is not. For the Knicks moving forward, and we're going to spend a lot of time here on New York, New York, and on these locker room conversations talking about this. They have to. They absolutely have to get more dynamic in the backcourt and from a shooting standpoint. The Hawks built a team that's built for the modern-day NBA. They could get easy baskets. Helps when you got a guard like Young who can do it. The Knicks do not. They don't have a guy who could get easy baskets from that guard spot. Rose was electric for three games. Bottom line, he ran out of gas. Completely ran out of gas. The Knicks ran out of gas. And they were outclassed in this series. They were outcoached. They were outplayed. They were outclassed. It's a hell of a year. There's a lot to be proud of. This series, though, should be a reality check for a whole lot of you folks. There's still a whole lot of work to do on this team. They are nowhere close to being a championship contender. This is a fun year, fun ride, but let's call it what it is. All right, the calls are coming in hot and heavy. Remember, you have speaker rights. I have a ton of calls coming in right now. This is stellar, stellar. All right, we're going to lead it off with the great Doug in Long Island. Dougie, let's start it off with a bang. How you doing, baby? Oh, JJ, I'm hurting, bro. I didn't expect much, but somehow this one hurt. Um, I mean, there's a lot to get into. I'll only go over. I got a couple of quick questions. I know you got a lot of guys. Um, the the effort on the glass tonight was embarrassing. You can't talk smack and go back and forth with a team like that and not come home to play. That bothered me. They were losing every single 50-50 ball. That's a great, great point. They lost every single 50-50 ball. And you know what? Give Capella credit. Capella talked a whole lot of shit. A lot of people gave him heat. And he showed up today. I don't know if you felt this way, Doug. I thought Capella in Game 5 was the most active he has been at any point throughout this series. Oh, without a doubt. He dominated. He, he, they let them drive, and he owned them. Um, a couple of things I want to ask you. Um, you're 1,000% right with the Randall point. You can't max him out right now. And I got a question for you. I give you a number. Their win percentage this year. Next year, 
over under 47 in 82 games. Because I tell you, everybody I've asked, five people have all told me that's an easy over. A ton of things went right for this team this year to win the games they did. And now going forward, barring a guy like Leonard coming to them, there's a lot to do. They had Randall, now the team, the league knows how to play him. And they're going to lose Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, I know everybody thinks he's going to stay here because of Tibbs. He wants to win a championship. This team, they're not winning in Rose's future. I don't see. I just don't see it happen. So what do you think about, I would tell you right now, I'm a heavy lean on 47 next season. You know, Dougie, it's impossible. Here's the one thing I'd say, though. It's impossible for me to answer that question right now because I have to see what they do in the offseason. Do they go and get a more dynamic guard? Is that possible? Is there a way for them to go and get a star player? You never know how it's going to work out in the NBA. I agree with you. A lot of things went right for this team. Do I think the Knicks and Tibbs and the effort level that you got took advantage of this COVID weird, bizarre NBA season? I do. I just couldn't say definitively right now, bro, that I could place a wager down on a total. I wouldn't say that is an over. I wouldn't say that as an under because I have to see how the rest of this offseason plays out. You know, and also, I mean, this, like, it was so, like, there was one thing that we learned early in a series to do to the Hawks offensively that we had an edge with. And they did not even, and Tibbs got me a little bit. And I don't want to knock Tibbs. The year was unbelievable. But Trey Young stinks defensively and other teams. And you'll see now a good team will play them. They're going to abuse him on the other end. The Knicks never one time. Randall got the ball twice up at the top of the key with with, with uh, Trey Young on him, and both times passed it off. I'm like, what are you doing? I, that I couldn't understand. That was the one thing I thought they needed to adjust with. Dougie, I can't disagree with that. Excellent, excellent start to the show. That's my great former caller from many years at the old gig, the great Dougie Long Island. They never went after Young in the pick and roll. I guarantee you Philadelphia will do a far better job of doing that. Here's another knock on Tibbs, and I love him. Listen, I don't want to bash Tibbs. He did a fabulous job this year. He was NBA coach of the year. How do you not give Emmanuel quickly more burn? How do you not go small? How do you stick with that lineup in the third quarter as they are breaking shot after shot after shot? That's stubbornness right there. And I'm not going to pretend that I know more basketball than Tom Thibodeau because I don't. And I understand loyalty. That lineup was not working. That's where something's got to give. Let's head to Jake. He's up next. Jake, what's happening, brother? What's going on, JJ? How's it going? Jake, doing okay. I mean, listen, it's a tough way for this season to come to a close, but I think anybody living in reality after watching game three and after watching game four, you kind of got a sense. You kind of knew. I hope you did at least that Atlanta was a much better team. Yeah. Well, consider yourself lucky you didn't watch this with a Celtics fan who was uh, making fun of the fact well, that Well, I mean, what, what, are they, what are they talking shit about? Danny Ainge just left. Brad Stevens is burnt out. Now he's going to be a GM, and I guarantee he's going to leave in a year or two whenever he gets the opportunity to coach once again. I, I mean, listen, I know Celtics, they got 18 championships. They pound their chest. Uh, after their year, they, they should pipe down. Tell your roommates to pipe down, would you please? And hopefully the Yankees will smoke the Red Sox this weekend uh, so you could talk a little bit more crap. Just saying. He, he had a, a question for me. He said, Jalen Brown for Julius Randle, who says no. I'm going to be honest. Listen, the upside for a guy like Jalen Brown is far greater than the upside for Julius Randle. But then again, if you're the Celtics, I mean, you, 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 what are you doing with a team of Tatum and Randall? I mean, is that is that a championship team? I don't think so. I don't think he knows what he's talking about. Uh, two, two things. One, um, amazing season. 
They exceeded all expectations, obviously. What a, like a, just a fun team to root for. They play hard. They play defense, all that kind of stuff. I think the two, the two roles that they need to fill on this team is a real facilitator, a guy that can drive and kick. They don't have anybody that can do that right now. And I would love to see a, a big that can space the floor, especially when you see what Atlanta did where they just put two guys on Randall and stuck Capella in the paint. If you had a big that could pull Capella out of the paint, it would open up the whole floor. And I don't know if that guy's available in free agency or in the draft, but those would be the two things that I'd be looking to get to try to bump this team up another level. What do you think? Yeah, I think that's a good point. You need guys across the board now in the NBA who are going to be able to shoot the basketball. And I think it's a fair and reasonable point, Jake, but the number one need to me, hands down, is shooting and guard play. Because I look at the guards that the Knicks were running out in this series. Derrick Rose was your best player in this series. Derrick Rose is obviously clearly getting up there in age. Reggie Bullock, the fact that the Knicks are relying on a guy like Reggie Bullock and Alec Burks, they had good years, they played hard, they need to become more dynamic. I don't know if you had an opportunity to watch Dame Lillard ball out the way he did last night in a losing effort, and you see guys like that, and it just makes it that much more obvious if you're an NBA team, and I know they don't grow on trees, and I know they're hard to come by, you need dynamic guards. That's what the Knicks need. They need themselves a legitimate dynamic guard and a sharpshooter in the process. Do you think quickly could be a, a poor man's version of that? Yes. I think he's an instant offense guy, Jake. Appreciate the call off the bench. I think that's what kind of player Emmanuel quickly is. I don't think Emmanuel quickly is, you know, Trey Young light, Steph Curry light. You know whose game? In many ways, kind of resembles the guy we were watching here in this series in Lou Williams. That's what I see down the road for Emmanuel quickly. And there's nothing wrong with that. He was a good Nick this year. They're going to have to make some tough decisions, though. They're not good enough. If you think you just run it back with this team, as is, and just draft a player or two, no. Then you're going to max out at 42, 43 wins. That's not what you want if you're dreaming of a championship. I know the Knicks have been awful for eight years, really 20 years. So getting to the playoffs, it's like, oh, holy smokes, a big deal. It is. This is a fun year. Now you got to make that next step. Now you got to make the right moves. Oh, the great Coney Island. Cobra, what's happening, Coney Island? What's going on, buddy? Uh, you know, again, I, I knew, look, this game was over for me, you know, in the, in, in the third quarter. But, I mean, I, look, the clock, the clock struck midnight. You know, we saw that in this series. I mean, that, that was just, it was, we were well aware of that. I mean, game, if we were going to win this series, you know, it, it fell apart in game one. I mean, it just is what it is. But uh, I'll say this. Look, Tibbs maxed out everything he could get out of this team. But you just brought up, you know, a big point, the lead guard. You know, the, if, we're gonna, if, if we're seriously going to challenge in this league, you need that dynamic lead guard. I mean, we just, we just got our shit pushed in by Trey Young for this series. Let's, let's call it for what it is. I mean, he literally, he literally took us to the woodshed. And, again, I'll say this. We got, we got everything we wanted. But, you know, we're, we, we've been looking for that lead guard for 50 years. I, I, you know, much like the Jets have been looking for Broadway, we've been looking for Walt Clyde all, all this time, basically, to lead us back to the promised land. And, yeah, and that's I, a great point. Even when you think back, Maddie, to the Patrick Ewing teams and the Patrick Ewing days, they were searching for that point guard. 
You know, Mark Jackson was there for a hot second, really ended up flourishing somewhere else. Rod Strickland, another guy, ended up flourishing somewhere else. Marbury clearly never lived up to the billing and the hype from when the Knicks brought him in in the mid-2000s. And you're right, they have been lacking that player. They've come close. They were one pick away from Curry. Who knows what would have happened with the franchise if Steph Curry ends up becoming a Nick? We'll never know. But whether it's star chasing in free agency, whether it's a guy like Ball, who would help this team, Matt, I'm intrigued by a guy like Ball. I think he's grown up. Not even him. The father stayed out of the way. He's developed his game from three. He's got unbelievable court vision, and he can legitimately run an offense. I'm intrigued by bringing in a guy like Lonzo Ball. Like, if you told me next year Lonzo Ball is a New York Nick, I'm happy about it. Now, Paul, listen, we'll see what happens with Phoenix in this series. We'll see what Paul wants to do at the end of the year. He makes every situation he goes to better. And I guarantee you, if he came to the Knicks next year, he would make their team better. But that's a short-term, quick-fix type of deal. And I, I don't know if, like, bringing in Chris Paul gets you to, like, a championship level. You know what I mean? I know. I, 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 don't, I don't think Chris Paul gets us to that level. I think Chris Paul... Chris Paul would have been nice this year. Chris Paul is a nice Band-Aid. That's, that's what Chris Paul is. Look, th- this team, you know, all year, they, they were fun to root for. The, the difference between them and those, those clowns in Brooklyn who might as well be playing in Nebraska is that, you know, look, this team was homegrown. They were gritty. That's the one thing that this town loves is they, you know, they love an underdog. They love a team that's gritty. We get behind, you know, everybody always says we, we have these juggernaut teams here in this city, but we always get behind that underdog team, that team that fights. It's the guy, it's the guy who's, you know, taking the subway in from the outer boroughs to get to Midtown to work at some shitty job. That's what this team was. They, they went to work every day. We had a fun year, you know, and, and look, Tibbs maxed out what he was able to get. You know, at the end of the day, you know, you the better team won. That's it. Well, listen, he ba- and Maddie. bottom line, he talked a whole lot of smack. Backed it up, brother. Appreciate the call. So did Trey Young. Trey Young, shushing the garden crowd, hitting big shots, and he played terribly. He played terribly in game five. Didn't matter. Didn't matter. I'm kind of annoyed that I let my loyalty get in the way of a money-making opportunity. I should have hammered Atlanta in the second half of this game. Hammered. They're up five. Young stunk, and they couldn't hit a shot. They couldn't hit a three. Sooner or later, that was going to change. The Hawks are clearly the better team. Like, there are times you watch a best of seven series, you say, oh, play here, play there. And yes, game one was unfortunate. But you know what? After game two, they got smoked in game three. They got smoked in game four. They got smoked in game five. Am I right or am I wrong? That's a reality check of what needs to happen now moving forward. This episode is brought to you by cars.com. When you add your car to your garage on cars.com, you'll unlock access to real-time insights into how much your car is worth. Plus, view its historical and projected value to decide when to sell. So when the time is right, you can secure an instant offer from a local dealership or sell it yourself on cars.com. Start tracking your car's value with your garage on cars.com. Carter is up next. What up, Carter? JJ, what's going on, brother? 
Carter, what's going on with you, man? Listen, I wish we were in better spirits tonight, but we're rocking, we're rolling. You guys are bringing the heat. I'm feeding off of you guys. So, listen, it's a good little therapy session. It is what it is. What's up, dude? Hey, listen, man. The only good thing is I'm coming out from uh, 30th Avenue, your old stomping grounds, man. Oh, there you go. So, where was the, um? if you don't mind me asking then, Carter, where was the uh, Game 5 viewing party? Was it over at uh, Catch? Was it over at Break? Was it over at Good Old Gleason's? Where was the viewing party in Astoria? For me, it was uh, over at the old uh, Trella. Where were we? Trestle. 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 Okay. I, you know, I think I might have been in that place once or twice. Might have been there once or twice. Uh, Kate is nodding right now in the background. She's like, you've been there. I just don't remember. It was, it was rocking tonight, JJ. All I got to say is uh, tonight, kind of reminiscent. I don't know if it's just the Knicks or the Yankees and the Knicks. Kind of make me feel like Tommy when he's going to get uh, made. It's, it's all fun and it's all great. And then all of a sudden, it's not so good anymore. All of a sudden, kind of reality hits you. That's kind of how I feel with the Knicks and especially with the Yankees. I mean, with the, with the Knicks, it's kind of, you know, like you said, the narrative is we didn't expect this. It kind of came along and then it kind of came crashing down. But with the Yankees... You know, it's kind of it's kind of crashing down. We kind of expect a little bit better. So for me, well, listen, the Yankees at three. Say what you want, Carter. They're playing a terrible brand of baseball. They are three outs away from getting a big win against the team that owns them, and they're staring at Garrett Cole in the face tomorrow with an opportunity to win three out of four games. So listen, they got a long way to go tonight. In many ways, though, as you know, is going to be about the New York Knickerbockers. Yeah, I like the Tommy and Goodfellas reference. That's always going to do it for me, Carter. Appreciate the call. I think you guys had to be real with what the expectations were. Listen, I told you guys this. No matter what happened in this Hawks series, they were not beating the Philadelphia 76ers. I don't care if Embiid is playing on one leg. They were not beating the 76ers. And I think I'm going to get a good price on Philly, by the way, for what it's worth. I think I'm going to get a real good price on Philly because people are going to be like, oh, Embiid's hurt, ba ba ba. They'll go after Young in a way the Knicks could not. Remember I said that. We'll be betting Philly. Our buddy Daryl Morey. Doc Rivers, I'll be very much on the Philly and the Milwaukee bandwagon and the Phoenix bandwagon. Anything, folks, anything but Lakers and Nets. And I don't care if the national media wants it and all the the, the, the hardcore NBA fans want it. Too bad. I don't. You think I want to have to root for Kyrie Irving or LeBron James? Ugh. Ugh. Rather lick toilet water. Oh, my goodness. What's that to Ryan? What's happening, Ryan? Hey, man, I think you're right. Who wants to watch Kyrie and that team play? But I don't think you can bet against him in any game. Well, listen, I might be invested in them for what it's worth. I have the Nets preseason at like 8-1. to one. I'd ra- It's board money, though. I'd rather, I'd rather not win. You know what I mean, dude? I'd rather not win. Yeah, I just wanted to agree with you about giving Randall a max. So you, you can't do it. The guy can't figure out a basic double team. He did it once there. I don't know if you saw, like, in the fourth quarter. He finally figured out. Finally. And, you know, our buddy Jerry Ferrara, who came on the podcast yesterday, was screaming and has been texting me nonstop about the idea of finding the guy under the baseline. And Julius Randall has had those opportunities in this series. And, you know, Ryan, listen, he had a great regular season. He's got a lot to be proud of. But the reality is this. If you think you're building a championship team with Randall as your number one player, you're just clueless. I don't even think Randall can be a number two on a championship team. You know what I mean? So it's one of those things where, to me, I'm not necessarily looking to trade him, but he's got another year on his contract. 
he could come back and do this again. That would be my message if I'm the New York Knicks, Leon Rose, Tom Thibodeau. Go and do this again if you're Julius Randle. He's like, he's kind of like a worse mellow because he needs the ball. He's got an ego. I don't think he's going to be a good number two. He doesn't move without the ball. He's not a good spot-up shooter. So what's he going to bring as a number two guy? I think you got to move him if you can. I don't know. Well, and that's always the tough predicament, though, Ryan, because remember, this is a team that hasn't been in the playoffs in the last 80 years. This is a team that hasn't developed players. That's been a major, major knock. I know I've talked about it for years. Plenty of other folks have talked about it for a long, long time. So now you have this guy that busted his ass that was really easy to like and he was easy to root for. And you want him to be the dude. You know, we hear he embraced the crowd. Like, you want to root for Julius Randle. But I always go back to the simple fact. It is a business. And if you think, from a business standpoint, Julius Randle has maxed out what he can achieve, then all bets are on the table. Everything is on the table. And that's the way the Knicks should approach this. It's like the Celtics moving Isaiah Thomas. The town loved him, but you got to move on. Great. I love that, Ryan. Excellent point. Great call. Excellent, excellent, excellent comparison. Isaiah Thomas in Boston was a rock star. He had an insane season. I think they were the number one seed. He took them to the Eastern Conference Finals. Well, that team won a couple of playoff series, but then they played the Cavs, and it was like eye-opening. It's like, well, we don't belong against this team. You know? We don't belong against this team. They went and they got Kyrie Irving. Didn't work out because Kyrie quit on the team the following year. I mean, I don't know how any, but listen, if you're a Net fan, I get it. I get why you root for him. He's on your team. And he's so super skilled and super talented. Anybody that's sitting there waving Kyrie Irving pom-poms, honestly, I think it's disturbing. You want my honest opinion? Disturbing. Let's head to Aaron. He's up next. What's happening, Aaron? Hey, JJ. Aaron, what up, dude? How we doing? Can Chapman throw a strike? Holy moly, throw a strike. Sorry, Aaron. Let's go. Um, what, what do you think about if Mitchell Robinson was healthy? Do you think they would have won the series? I think they would have had a chance. I can't I, I can't say they would have won the series, Aaron, because I think that's unfair to the Atlanta Hawks. Do I think they would have been more competitive? Yes. I think they would have done a better job for starters on the boards in Game 5. Uh, Noel was clearly hobbling around. Gibson, at his age, is only going to be able to give you a certain amount. Yeah, they would have been more competitive, and maybe their defense around the basket would have been tougher for Trey Young to deal with. But I can't just definitively say they would have won the series. You know what I mean, dude? Like, Aaron, to me, by saying that, you're kind of spitting on the Atlanta Hawks. And I don't want to do that tonight because it's not fair to them. I spit on them going into this series, and they made me look stupid. For the folks down in Atlanta who were all upset about the fact that I wanted to play your team, it just goes to show you I'm more than happy to take an L. I'm taking an L on this. They were better. I think we can acknowledge that, right, Aaron? The Hawks were the better team. Yeah, and I think, but I think the main, you think that Trey Young was like the the problem that the Knicks had. I think Collins and Capella were just overpowering. Oh, I think it starts with Young, though, to be honest with you, Aaron. Appreciate the call. It starts, it starts with Young. Young ate their lunch. He did whatever the hell he wanted to do in this series. And don't look at his stat line here in game five, because I think that is not going to do fair justice to what you witnessed and what you watched. He owned the Knicks. He got in the paint. He hit shots. Found teammates. It was a stud. But I'm telling you, Philadelphia is going to exploit him defensively 
in a much different way than the Knicks did. Oh, this is shaping up to be brutality for the Yankees, by the way. 3-0 and to Zanino. And Chapman's due to blow one, too. I mean, this uh, this just shaving up to be a shit show of a night. Uh, I can sense it already. Nico. What's up, Nico? I got to give you credit on that. And I got to say, if we're talking sloppiness, we got to talk about Chapman walking back-to-back batters right now in this game. Yeah, not ideal with the top of the raise order up. Because, listen, it's a big game for the Yankees. Get this game today. Cold pitching tomorrow. Big games when you're trying to hunt down a first-place team. No question. 100%. If we can sweep this team, I mean, it would just be an incredible confidence builder for, for the Yankees here. But, you know, we are, we are on the topic of the Knicks. And usually, you know, look, I'm not going to be the most optimistic guy when it comes to my teams in general. But I am going to do a little change of pace here in case nobody said it yet. And I know it's not going to be, uh, you know, the best thing in the moment right now, right after the game. But, look, going into this season – you know, every outlet had us at a bottom two team in the league. We were projected to get Kate Cunningham as the number one overall pick in the draft this year. We were projected to, without a doubt, be just horrible, horrible once again. You know, the, uh, I believe it was ESPN who put up that meme of the Joker painting his face about the Knicks lottery every year. And, you know, this year we ended up four seed in the East. We had MIP winner, coach of the year candidate, six man of the year candidate, top four defense in the league, third in the league in three-point percentage. And I got to say, you know, looking into the offseason uh, with the amount of cap space we have and, you know, the future that we hold with the players and the young guys we have right now, I, I got to say, and for the first time in a long time, uh, I'm feeling pretty good coming into the next couple seasons. I got Nico, say. excellent point. And you know what? It's unfortunately going to get lost in losing a five-game series and getting outclassed and getting humbled the way the Knicks got humbled. But the reality is, yes. I thought the Knicks were going to win 22 games this year. I, like you, thought they were going to be one of the worst teams in the Eastern Conference. They needed to establish a culture. And I don't care what happened in this series, the most important thing to come out of this season is that the Knicks, once again now, are on the map. They matter. They're relevant. They're playing games that matter. And that's going to allow you, hopefully, down the road and down the line, Get the big free agent and get the big player you're going to need if you're going to go and be a legitimate championship team. Hey, we saw with Brooklyn a few years ago. Brooklyn built a fun, up-and-coming, hard-working team, whether it was Russell, Harris, uh, Allen. They had, they had a bunch of different dudes, Dinwiddie, etc. That year, Durant saw it, Irving saw it, and what happened? Following summer, they went and signed with Brooklyn. Hundred percent, and I'm really hoping we can continue this up. Also, strike out on a Rosarina there. That's exactly what we needed. Ah, oh, very, very nice, Nico. You ain't kidding, man. Very, very nice. Now, double play against Troy, uh, four six three. Let's go home and win. I need a win at least in something today. You know, we'll we'll take it. We'll take it. But hey, just wanted to say uh, some bright future ahead. Great talking to you again, JJ. Keep up the awesome work. Talk to you. Ah, uh, you got it, Nico. Stellar job. Absolutely stellar, stellar, stellar job. And the calls right now are through the roof. I mean, this is how we roll here, folks. This is how we roll. The folks over at Locker Room set this up. We work on magic. We react live with you. And nobody else is doing this right now. I'm just just saying, you know, just saying. Nobody else is doing this right now. We are, though. Don't forget about that. Let's head to Sean. Sean's up next. Talking about reality here. Um, you know, happy with the Knicks season. Happy with how everything went. Obviously, a disappointment in the playoffs. But if we're talking about reality I think Dame and Kawhi are just out of the question. I think your point about Lonzo is spot on. I think that would be the top target the Knicks could accurately get. Why would Dame 
leave a Blazers team and a team he's been with forever to join a Knicks team that there's no number two on this team that's even at McCollum's level. Why would he do that? What what does he think he's going to win here? Well, the one caveat, though, Sean, I, I understand that point. Here's the issue. I have seen star teams formulate in the NBA. For example, and I don't know what this team is going to be long term. When we were talking about Kawhi and the Clippers, could you foresee Paul George joining forces? Like when you were going into that summer, nobody was talking about that, right? So that's my thing, Sean. I don't know how the back channels and the inner workings of NBA free agency and who's talking to who is going to work itself out. I have no idea. Appreciate the call. I'm kicking the tires. First and foremost, if I'm the Knicks, calling, finding out what's going on with Leonard. Is he happy in L.A.? Lillard, what's the deal? Is he happy in Portland? Mitchell, even though I... You know, our buddy Shine was talking about Mitchell. Before he signed that extension, I would said, yeah, maybe. Nah, I don't see it. Especially with Utah. I mean, poised to me to be a legitimate Western Conference Finals team. I think they're going to beat the Clippers, boys. I think they're going to beat the Clippers. Once you gauge that, you kind of have a sense for, all right, now we make the next move. And a guy like Ball, I think is an ascending up-and-coming player. That would be a real good fit on this team. Eric is up next. What's happening, Eric? Hey, JJ, how you doing? Eric, I'm doing okay, man. We're hanging in there. What's up, dude? So I, I just wanted to discuss with, with Randall. Um, for me, I, and I just I don't know if I'm crazy or if other people saw it, but I just felt like so much of the game, he was so frustrated. And there were times on defense where I felt like he wasn't doing what he was supposed to do. And some of his decision-making was so bad that what are we going to do with this contract that comes up? I don't know what to do because if we don't re-sign him, what do we have? But if we give him the max, I just feel like it makes it hard. Well, then you end up in purgatory. You nailed it, Eric. It's a very tough predicament for the Knicks because you don't want to be in the situation where you win in 20 games again and you're a laughing stock. At the same time, you don't want to build a team that kind of has a ceiling of being a 45-win team, a six-seed in the East, and you got diddly squat of chances of going and winning an NBA title. So, yeah, that's why I'm letting Randall play out this year. I'm going to see how next year goes, and I'm going to take it from there. Troy right now is having some at bat against Chapman, by the way. This is not a good sign. I mean, he's fouling off 101 with some nasty, nasty swings. I'm going to be really pissed off if the Yankees lose this game, and I'm telling you, I did this locker room, and I had a blast doing it. What was it, on Friday last week? I had to be on the air as they got walked off on by the Tigers. I mean, locker room might sponsor Yankee walk-off losses or ninth-inning losses if they lose this game. So, Eric, I like locker room. I want to do a lot more of these. God, I hope that does not become a trend here, my friend. I hope. Me too. Have a good night, man. You got it. Listen, good stuff, Eric. Appreciate the call. Um, The Randall situation is going to be fascinating. My advice to the Knicks? Patience. Patience, patience, patience. You don't have to do anything this offseason. Why force yourself into a short-sighted decision? I mean, Troy is just fouling off 101 like it's nothing. It's quality bad. I'll tell you, this Rays team, they got balls. They got balls, man. And that's why they're a pain in the ass for the Yankees anytime they play them. See, I'm getting calls coming in. I can't, I, I can't answer calls. Don't call me while I'm doing a locker room. Jesus, Adam is up next. What's up, Adam? Hey, man. Thanks for taking my call. Uh, I think when I look at the Knicks team, man, it, I, I think you hit it spot on. Bullock is 
if you have to choose between Burks and Bullock, you choose Bur- uh, uh, Burks all day, man. Bullock going over in game four, not showing up until the first quarter of this game, and then not showing up again. There's plenty of three and D guys out there. Like, pick up some of those guys. Also, like, I love the heart from the young guys. Like, RJ showed a lot of heart. You saw him getting mad in the fourth quarter, yelling at people, trying to get him to come on. Quickly was the spark. Uh, Obi looked good. Like, I like where the Knicks team is going, but it, if they want to do something, get some 3 and D guys in there, figure out who your number one is, and figure out your guard rotation. Tibbs just never figured out that guard rotation. It's a great point, Adam. And how does Quickly not get more burn in the third quarter of this game? That, to me, is a major critique on Tibbs. You're not doing anything on offense. You need to do something just to get points on the board. Quickly gave him a little spurt and a little spark there over the final two or three minutes of the third quarter. Can I see him a little bit more over an extended stretch? Maybe midway through the quarter when you're throwing up brick after brick after brick? Listen, we could talk about Burks. We could talk about Bullock. I would agree with you. If I had a choice of bringing one of the two back, I'm choosing Burks. But... The Knicks becoming more dynamic, it goes beyond those guys. They need the lead alpha guard. That is what they're looking for. That is the sort of guy they need. We could talk about the 3 and D guy. We could talk about the supporting pieces guy. They need a legitimate, bona fide star guard, whether it's a point guard or a shooting guard, if they're going to be a legit championship team. That's the next move for this franchise. Easier said than done, but that's the next move. Yeah, man, I agree with you. I think, you know, here, but I, li- I like what I saw from RJ, and I loved what I saw from Obi when he got some play. Like, it, it felt like a different team when Obi was out there and the ball wasn't stopping anymore. Oh, Adam, let's be honest. Excellent point, dude. Obi Toppin, great call, played his best basketball of the season in this particular series. Best basketball of the season. Now, do you parlay that in a potential trade? Maybe. Is that something Obi Toppin can learn from, grow from? Take it from there, I hope. All right, big strikeout. This is going to be it. Meadows is one of the Rays' best hitter against Chapman. Uh, dicey. Frank's up next. Hi, Frankie. JJ, what's up, my, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? Frank, all's good, bro. Good hearing your voice. What's up, homie? I'm actually, I'm all right. I'm at, you know, this is, this is helping. I think after Sunday, we kind of hit on the head. We kind of knew we weren't winning. Yeah. I mean, Frank, I'm glad that you brought that up. Anybody, maybe we all want to be, you know, delusional and and we want to dare to dream. And, you know, we're like Kermit the Frog on the boat singing the rainbow connection. All well and good. If you watch game three and game four and thought the Knicks were winning three straight games in this series, I mean, you were drinking way too much orange and blue Kool-Aid. You know, this was about extending this series and having some more fun over the next couple of days. Unfortunately, the Knicks couldn't even give you that. Yo, and I'm kicking myself, too, like you were. That second half, my buddy texted me. He's like, I think I'm going to take the Knicks one and a half. I'm like, dude, I'm like, if I wasn't loyal right now, I would hammer the Hawks. Oh, I mean, what was he smoking? What was he drinking tonight? I, I mean, Frank, the, I was trying to talk about I, I hope, I, I hope that he did not make a poor financial decision because Young did nothing. The Hawks couldn't hit a three, yet you look and they're up five. It's like, geez, you know? Yeah, I was like, there's, I just, the whole game, I was like, they're going to make a run. Like, they haven't scored. Yeah, that's a big out. That's a big out, Chapman. That's a big out. Sorry to interrupt you there, Frank. I'm giddy. That's a big, that's a big out. I thought I saw him stumbling, bumbling, whatever, all over the mound. 
I, I, that's a hell of a win for the Yankees. All right, that puts me in a better mood. I can tell you that. I'm in a better mood. Good. Good. But, yeah, but back to you. But Dame's the guy, man. I, I don't know. I don't think it's going to happen. Obviously, he's extended to 2025. If Leon Rose can pull a red rabbit out of his hat and somehow get him here, he's the guy. I had Denver the other night, and I was just terrified that I was going to lose that bet. He was unreal last night. I, I'm sure you watched it. He he's that alpha. He would be perfect in New York. He would be the perfect guy to to fit this team with this young talent. But I don't know what's going to happen, or you, you just hope Obi takes the next step, like kind of like Randall, uh, like Barrett did this year, and you just cut, kind of hope these guys improve, and we can just supplement the, the talent around him. Remember, this is year one. This is year one of a new regime. Things are going to get better. I, I really think this, this team is moving in the right direction. No one expected this. We all thought, hey, maybe we'll get in the play-in, nine or ten, see what happens, have some fun. Completely exceeded expectations. We, we, we're the four seed, and it, it is what it is. You know, we... It, Atlanta's the better team. I'm actually interested to see what they're going to do against Philly because I think that I think that's a real. I'm really interested to see what that series price is going to be too. Because yeah, I think it's going to factor in. Frank, excellent call. Really appreciate it, my man. It's going to factor in the Embiid injury. You also got to realize that Embiid is going to play in this series. Atlanta's good. I think Philly will be minus two forty. Me putting on my Vegas hat. Which I do all the time. Who are we kidding? Series price, I would say minus 240. Philadelphia. Minus 240. Dylan joins us. Hi, Dylan. Hey there. Dylan, what's happening, bro? How we doing? Hey. So I'm calling in from Atlanta, but I got a question for your Knicks fans. If you could take one player off the Hawks this series besides Trey Young, put him on the Knicks, give you guys a best shot going head to head again, run the series back, who do you take? Bonyanovich. Hands down over DeAndre Hunter? Banyanovic, because of his ability to knock down shots. And he hit so many big shots in this series. I understand your point on Hunter and his length, and he was terrific in Game 5. Absolutely terrific in Game 5. And Dylan, congrats to your team. I got to be honest, dude, I underestimated them. I might have put a little bit too much stock in the regular season performances, which was a mistake on my part. And I own it, dude. You know what? I, I, I will acknowledge, you could tell the folks down in Georgia, that I didn't take your team seriously enough. Young ate my lunch. The entire team ate my lunch. And I'm going to take it like a man. The Knicks deserve to lose this series. They got whooped. Mazel, congratulations. There you go. We're just, uh, we're just glad not to be cheering for a team with Paul Millsap and Joe Johnson anymore. Yeah, I, you know, it's funny, Dylan. I appreciate that, man. You know, I heard Simmons say that the other day when he was on. Uh, Aaron, listen, we, we, we butcher names around here, okay? If you've listened to me, uh, we got a little New York twang to our voice. Sometimes our names and our pronunciations. Listen, got that Syracuse education. But we don't say dog. It's dog. And it's coffee. That's how I roll around here. Okay? And I ain't putting on an act either. I wish I was. Trust me on that. Darielle is up next. What's up, Darielle? Man, I'm feeling good, man. It was a good season. Um, I just wanted to comment. I really can't blame Julius on this one because it was just him. And I want to give you three names of free agencies real quick. And I want you to comment on these three names. Bill Simmons brings up Marcus Smart. Uh, J.J. Redick, and there's a little Jimmy Butler talk. I want to hear your opinions on those three names. I'm out of here. Let's go, Knicks. It was a great season. Well, how did you get in your hands on, on Jimmy Butler, Daryl? That's what I'd love to know. I mean, Jimmy Butler is one of my personal favorites, and I know he did not have a great end of his year, and his team got whooped. That's a dog. That's a dude. That's a guy who wants the ball in his hands with the game on the line. I've always been. I've always been. A major, major, major fan of Jimmy Butler. Could play for me any day of the week. 
I just don't see how Miami ends up letting him go. That's number one. Marcus Smart gets after it on D. Not the sort of lead guard, though, that I'm looking for. He's going to play great D. He has irrational confidence with his three-point shot. Too much, if you ask me. That's one of those moves that they make, and I'm like, eh, okay. Okay. Clippers, by the way, down five. I'm on the Clippers tonight. I was on the Sixers, and I'm on the Clippers, so hopefully we hit them both. David's up next. Hi, David. Hey, what's up, man? I'm sorry. David, it's okay. We give second chances around here. I'm going to blame my children. I got a three-month Oh, listen. First of all, anytime kids or the wife gets in the way, it happens, man. And listen, sometimes I might be a little bit of a jerk in the moment, but I know you're loyal. You're back. It's all good, man. What's up? I hear you getting on the guy. He's not responding right away. And I'm like, yo, you're holding a baby monitor in one hand. You got the cell in the other. The wife's upstairs. I'm like, but I really wanted to call and talk about the Knicks. (laughs) Well, I respect it. So what do you got for me, my friend? So it's funny. I remember I came into this year. I I had that same feeling when Donnie Walsh was the GM. And I was like, the minute everyone is good, I want everybody gone. Because that's how he was, I thought, with Randolph and all the – was it Randolph, right? All those guys that he that were, were good, he kind of just sold them right away, right? Because we were getting ready for that next summer. And I felt that same way this year. And I was just, like, ready to go. But this team surprised me. It was a lot of fun. Everyone's been on the ball so far, all the callers, about underdogs, rooting for everyone. But I'm so curious to see what Tibbs does because it's crazy, like, the power of the coach, man, like – He's been like an old school New York City high school uh, Catholic league coach, just like running these guys to the ground, but they respect him. They want to play. So I'm curious to see what RJ does, especially RJ. Everyone's talking about Randall, but my man's a third pick. So I really want to pull for him after all the luck with, after all the no luck we've had with uh, Frank and and Knox. It's just like, we got to see what's the next level for uh, RJ, you know? I think that's a very, very good point, David. And listen, I think all in all, you have to be encouraged by what you saw with R.J. Barrett's second year. He took a major step forward. He became a much better foul shooter. He became a much better three-point shooter. I think he grew as the season went along. He didn't have a great series, but let's be honest. Who exactly did have a good series for the Knicks, maybe outside of Derrick Rose? Not a whole lot of dudes. I guess Obi Toppin, too. You can throw him in there. He had a good series. But the point I'm trying to get at is this. R.J. Barrett will be forever, unfortunately, compared to John Morant and to Zion Williamson. He's a good player. I think he has all-star potential. I think he has room to grow. But if we're going to be real, David, do I ever see R.J. Barrett being as good a player as Zion or as Morant? No chance. And that's unfortunate, but that's the harsh reality. Oh, you're you're right. I mean, but all we could do is, I mean, like, it's... What what do they keep saying for RJ? The I don't want to say the poor man's Harden, but who are they comparing him to? Like I feel like that was always a popular one in the beginning, but I mean he showed hustle all the way to the end. I'm curious with IQ. I'm curious with OB, but I mean Tibbs is just Tibbs is his own story in itself, and I I mean it's tough to say he's not the coach of the year, but like that's gotta be right. I mean, well I thought he was coach of the year, David. We're in agreement on that. Good stuff, man. All the best. Thanks for taking the time to call. I thought he was coach of the year in the regular season. They gave it to Monty Williams, and Monty did a fabulous job with Phoenix. But let's be honest, that Phoenix team was supposed to be good going into the year. Maybe not number two seed in the West. I had them as one of the four or five best teams in the West. I'm not tooting my own horn. That's just, that's what I thought. 
the Knicks, uh, the Knicks to me, it was like the, uh, they're going to win 25 games. The Vegas number. The Vegas number is very telling with a lot of this stuff, guys. Just saying. It's very, very telling. Calls right now are on fire. I mean, this is, this is how we roll. This is what we do. Let's head to Russ. He joins us. Hi, Russ. JJ, how worried are you that given all the circumstances and the the obvious differences we've seen in some teams playing in the bubble last year versus what happened this year, that going forward with everything obviously returning back to normal regular season and hopefully more regular schedule in 2021-22, that this Knicks team is going to be kind of a mirage. Not Not that it's not good what they did this year, but it did kind of feel like the pluckiest kid in the in the playground getting after it more than the other uh, other kids. Yeah, I get that, Russ. And that's why, to me, if you're the Knicks, you can't just look at your team and say, we Gucci, okay? You know, that's sometimes what we like to do. You know, you're looking around, you're saying, I'm Gucci here, I'm Gucci there. No, 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 no. The Knicks are not Gucci. They have built a team that is to a point of respectability, okay? They got to the playoffs. They overachieved. They have ways to go. They need to become more dynamic. And for starters, Russ, they need a star. That's the NBA in a nutshell. You don't win championships without a star player. Go go through the history of the league. Do, do yourself a favor. Anybody out there listening saying, oh, you can win without a star. When's, when's the last time a team without a legitimate star won a title? What, the, the Piston team that shocked the Lakers? And even that team, you look back on it, Billups, Ben Wallace was a Hall of Famer, Rasheed Wallace had a great career. They're an anomaly. They're the exception to the rule. Go through history in the NBA, whether it's LeBron, Curry, Duncan, Shaquille, Kobe, Bird, Magic, Kareem. uh, The list goes on and on. You need one of those dudes to win a championship. Case closed. No doubt. No doubt. I I agree with you on that. And and looking forward kind of in the next year in this offseason, what side are you on? Do you think they they should wait? and see if these relationships that they fostered between the front office and some of these UK guys, all of that stuff can build into poaching the next unhappy guy, or would you rather them go after a guy like DeMar DeRozan, go after maybe somebody that's not necessarily at the cream of the crop because it's not going to be a loaded free agency class this summer? It's a very, very good question, Russ. I still believe they can go down the road of shorter-term contracts, and you can move a lot of these guys. See it all the time. I don't want the Knicks to basically say, oh, we're not going to do anything and we're going to wait another year. I wouldn't approach it that way. I would try to improve the team. But you got to be aware of what's out there. That's why I got to trust Leon Rose and World Wide West. Make those connections. Make those calls. All right, I'm going to take a couple more before we say goodbye. For what it's worth, I still haven't showered after golf. So I stink right now. Thankfully, nobody's around me. I played golf, got back, perfect timing. Had a bite to eat. Yankees, Knicks. Knicks didn't go according to plan. My golf, I mean, my goodness, on the back nine, I was, I was cooking. I was cooking. Puts me in a festive mood if I say so myself. Paul's up next. Hi, Paul. Hey, JJ. How's it going, man? Paul, what up, dude? I'm doing, I'm doing as well as I could. Love the podcast. Love, love everything you do. I just got to so I just finished watching the end game and obviously the Knicks not feeling too good. I got, first of all, I got to praise the Knicks for this year. What a year for a year when a lot of us weren't feeling too good. What, how much joy they brought us. What a year. So much fun. What a blast. But I also have a big – I, I don't know if I've heard too many people bring this up. I don't know why Tibbs and the guys couldn't figure out Capella. 
everyone brought up brought up Trey. Obviously, he was the biggest problem, but Capella seemed like the biggest problem. We kept chucking up shots because we couldn't get in the paint. And you know, Capella is a guy that has become kind of like irrelevant in today's NBA because every other team figures out how to switch him on the guys. And for whatever reason, we couldn't do that. Like in that fourth quarter run, when we were kind of getting hot, he, we switched him onto RJ. RJ blew right by him. And for whatever reason, Tibbs couldn't scheme up a thing to get Capella on those guys. And that would be my big criticism throughout this series. I don't know why we couldn't figure that out. I think that's an excellent, excellent observation. I think you combine that with the lack of going after Trey Young in pick and roll situations, Paul. And that's one of the frustrations you have in this series. Atlanta was a more talented team. Yes, they had the best player on the floor, but there were instances of frustration where it felt like the Knicks were running the same old tired offensive sets that lacked creativity, that lacked any sort of vision, and they just couldn't flat out execute. All that is perfectly well said. Paul, spot on. Tibbs will learn from it. The guy has been a top-notch NBA head coach, especially in the regular season. Postseason, he hasn't had the teams to get to the top of the mountain. Is Tibbs one of these coaches that can get you to a certain point and then he kind of wears out his welcome? Maybe. But you've got to have the players first. The Knicks don't have the players. Like, anybody looking at the talent on this particular game and in this particular series and is going to say, well, the Knicks are the more talented team, you'd be an idiot for saying that. Sorry. I don't want to insult anybody's intelligence, but it's real talk. Atlanta's the more talented team. I thought intangibles and home court and defense would be the difference. Not quite. Not quite. Now, I don't know how to pronounce our last caller's name, so hopefully he can talk me through this. Is it Chihiro? Did I get it right? Give me some help here, brother. JJ, JJ, Charlie from Woodside. Oh, Charlie Woodside, one of the all-time greats. I, Charlie, I did not know that was the way. How do you say your name uh, in real life? Chiharu is my it's Japanese. Chiharu, no, that's okay. I see now you can't change your name because you've been calling me for the last five or six years. But I kind of want to rock with Chiharu. I like that, bro. That's exotic, dude. I love it. Well, well, I'm well, first of all, JJ. Uh, I mean, sigh of relief on the Yankee uh, win. So I was like, oh, I mean, same old problems too. And the, the- well, listen, the base running stinks. The lineup is inconsistent. But they can't beat Tampa, and if you win two out of three games against Tampa, take it. And all of a sudden, think about this series. They lose Monday. They're losing four straight games, and yet now you're looking at the turnaround potentially of three straight going into the Red Sox series. What a difference a few days can make. Bro. Yeah, let's go. Let's go tomorrow. They, they needed that. They find a way to got us. So, I mean, yeah, let's go Cole tomorrow and everything. But uh, on the on the Knicks front, um, I, it's it was a reality check, uh, watching watching especially in the two games in Atlanta. Uh, but I think this team needs really need to uh, improve on the point guard spot because Alfred Payne's gonna cut it cut a thing. Uh, we know Derrick Rose is not the guy who used to be. Uh, just I think I think coming off the bench would have been nice for Derrick Rose because I mean because they're getting dominated by their second uh, second unit team on the Atlanta Hawks. But overall, I think what did they do? I agree with you. Uh, I will not sign Randall to that long-term extension. I mean, I will not sign him. I just let that contract play out, and and then I mean, hopefully this. I mean, this is the biggest, probably the biggest offseason, important offseason the Knicks gonna have because uh, what this because now they have they created a foundation like the foundation, 
and now Leon Rose and Worldwide West, Wayne Wesley has to like get get some like big time players because Randall is not the number one guy. He in the championship count. Charlie, I don't even know if he's the number two. Let's be honest. I don't even know if he's a number two on a championship team. And I'm not looking to spend, you know, today, tomorrow, and the next couple of weeks just destroying Julius Randle. Because you know what? I want to give credit and I want to respect and applaud the year that he brought to the table. But again, Charlie, this is a reality check for a whole lot of Nick fans, I think. Because, yes, not only a learning experience, but I think it's kind of an awakening of, okay, we exceeded expectations. We had a fun regular season. We got to the playoffs. But holy smokes, this roster still needs a whole lot of work. Oh, yeah. There's certainly, I mean, they, don't, they need shooters. Um, they need shooters, point guard. And they need a star. Listen, Charlie, you want to win in the NBA, look at the teams that win in the NBA. They all have star players. And I know Nick fans are sick of flirting with the girl and getting left at the altar because it happens all the damn time. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get that guy. We're going to get this guy. We're going to get that guy. I'm sick of it too. But the reality is, if you don't have star players in the NBA, you're not building a championship team. It's just impossible. You can't do it. Yep, yep. That, 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 that's how it works. So, well, JJ, I love, I enjoy the podcast with that. Oh, Charlie, tremendous. And I got news for you. As one of my regular callers with the old JJ After Dark gig, I know a lot of people have been asking me, are you going to do these often? Are you going to be involved often? I'm going to do these as much as possible. I don't want it to take away from what we're doing on New York, New York. But there's a big event. I mean, on off nights, it's easy for me. I fire it up. We shoot the shit. We have a little bit of fun. This was a ton of fun. Pat, all the guys from Locker Room, sensational job. Saruti, sitting here listening to me for an hour. God bless him for that. I mean, he does it a couple days a week. So, I mean, listen, somebody's got to do it. I know many of you though. Who we can? This was a blast. Unfortunately, Nick's season did not go in this particular series the way we wanted it to. But a lot to be proud of. Looking forward to the offseason. New York, New York. We got a loaded podcast tomorrow. Getting you ready for Yankees Red Sox. We'll tie a bow on this Nick series. And yeah, unfortunately, now we got to watch the Nets. And I'll be a big time. And I mean a big time Milwaukee Bucks fan. Go Bucks. Go Suns. JJ signing off. Be good, everybody.